Father, we stand in your presence this morning. Father, we've all come in going through a week that is different than the person next to us. But God, that week has passed by and now we stand before you. And Lord, I ask that what you have planned for this service today, it would be accomplished. I pray, God, that we would be open to your move. We would be open and be sensitive to what you would say and how your spirit would move amongst us this morning. We put all of ourselves aside and we open our hearts, our minds, our spirit men to what you have. Holy Spirit, move. Accomplish what the Father has sent you to do today. We will not compromise. We will not quench. We will not dictate. We will not rule and reign over what you want to do this day. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Amen. 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 Hey, real quick, before I jump into the word, I want to do something. I, I plan on doing it, and I need to do this. I need every person who works for a school, whether a teacher, an administrator, um, whether it's a public school, private school, home school, a college, I need you to stand up for one second. I, I, need, I want to pray. If you guys can just stand up for a moment here. Look across this room. And Christian's also standing. He's also a school teacher. You have been placed in a profession. Last week I talked about being salt in the earth. You're about to embark on another year. We know it will be taxing. We know it will be hard. We know it will be difficult. But I believe that God has placed you there for a reason and a purpose. And we know what's been going on in the school districts. We know what's been happening all around. But we also know that God has workers in the field. And so I want to pray for this school year. And I need everyone who's in that role to stay standing. And I need everyone who's sitting to agree with me. I want to pray for the students. I want to pray for the administration. I want to pray for every person who's involved in any type of education in this arena, in this area. Can we do that this morning? So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for every teacher. I thank you for every administrator. I thank you for every worker. God, however they are connected to the, to the, to the schools, Father, whether it's uh, on the higher education of colleges, elementary, middle school, high school, home school, private school, whatever it may be, God, God, your children have been placed to work in those fields. And first and foremost, God, I ask that you would protect them and you would protect their coworkers and you would protect every student that is involved in that, that school district or area. Father, I pray that your hand would watch over them, would guard them and protect them. Father, I pray that you begin to continue to deposit your wisdom and what you would have them do and say that they would be the best person where they're at. Father, I pray that, God, you would give them the right things to do, that, God, they would never hide the light that's within them. Father, we believe in what they're doing. Father, we know that they are the influencers of the next generations. So, God, we know that these godly men and women have the ability to be salt and let that salt be poured out upon those students and upon the coworkers and upon administration. So, Father, as a new year starts, God, I pray for protection, and I pray that you would be with them in whatever dimension that they're involved in that school. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Oh, Pastor Scott, can you hand me that paper? I'm sorry.
Thanks. Today we're talking about faith. We've been having some great services. We talked about being consumed by God. We talked about this being salt. And today I want to talk about your faith. Because I don't know if you know this, but your faith makes the difference. It makes a difference in what God's doing and how God can move and even in your own walk in other people's lives. So we've got to talk about faith today. But, but I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to understand that you may, some of you may right now be in a crisis of faith where you're like struggling to believe that God can do something, that God's even there. Or, or I mean, but I, I want to encourage you to, 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 to make these statements part of who you are, that I can live by faith. See, I wrote these during worship. It just came to my spirit, man. That today we make a decision to say, you know what? When I leave here today, I can live by faith. I can release my faith in Jesus. I will not be controlled by doubt or fear. I will live by faith. See, because your faith makes a difference. Your faith makes a difference. See, it's important to realize that faith is the activated ingredient that begins to release things from the heavenlies. It's so important to know that. Now, let me read something to you. This is not going to be on the screens because uh, this came to me last night and I didn't have time to have it put up there, so I'm going to read the first one to you. And I, just, I want you to listen to what the Scripture says here. This says, this is about Jesus and two blind men. Now, Jesus was walking along a road and two blind men followed behind him shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. And as they're shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us, the Bible says they went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus asked them this, Do you believe? Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him. We do. Then he touched their eyes and he says, because of your faith, it will happen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for the word of God. See, these two men came to the point where they came to an understanding that what they needed in life was found in Jesus. And they believed so much that they, think about the depth of that little story right there. That they actually followed him into somebody else's house that they saw him, and while he was walking, they were calling to him, and he walked into a house, and they followed into the house. That's how desperate they wanted to get before the Lord and wanted him to have a move in their lives. And Jesus very simply asked the question, do you believe that I can do what you want? And they're like, yeah, of course you can. And he says, because of that, you're healed. Sometimes, and this isn't being negative, this is just being observative, that sometimes we don't believe God can do something, but then we get upset when God isn't moving. But we're not believing that God can move. And so, so we're doubting and, and we're, having a, we're struggling back and forth. Or we believe and we have faith that God can do certain things but can't do other things. We put a limit on what God can do by what we can believe God can do or what we believe God can't do. And so I want to encourage you today. I want, to, I want to lift you up. I want to challenge you that today when you leave here, you will walk by faith and not by sight. You will, you will stand by faith and not allow doubt, fear, 
words of other individuals to pull you off of what you believe in Jesus, what he stands for, and what he can do in your life. And so I, I tell the story, I read the story of the blind man because I want to I share something with you that's kind of opposite, that's kind of mind-blowing to me. See, Jesus is preaching and moving throughout Galilee. Now, when we were doing the uh, miracle series, I mentioned that we should become a Galilee-type people, that we believe that when God moves, something happens, unlike being someone from Nazareth. Because the Bible says, when you, when you read the story about Jesus going back to his hometown, they questioned everything about him. They're like, who is he? Who is this guy who has all this wisdom? Where did he get his wisdom from? Oh, we know who he is. We know his mother. We know the father. We know the other siblings. And they actually got so angry, they couldn't believe what he was doing. They didn't have much faith, if any faith, in him. And the Bible says that because of their unbelief, he wasn't able to move the way that he intended to move. So two different things that we read in the Bible. One, where two individuals are like, I know you can. And a group of individuals says, who do you think you are? And not much happens. And I believe that that's the same for today. Some are believing for supernatural miracles, and others don't believe at all. But I have to tell you, your faith makes a difference. Your ability to believe makes a difference. This service got like the first service. All of a sudden it got real quiet, real fast. I just want to challenge you today. I want to encourage you today. Well, when I talk of faith, what am I talking about? I'm talking about a complete trust and confidence in who God is. I'm talking about having a complete belief that God created the heavens and the earth, that God sent his son to die on the cross for the remission of sin, to bring back reconciliation, to bring back the divide, bring it closer. I'm talking about the belief of the promise of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the move. I'm, I'm talking about everything that the word is telling us and saying to us, we believe to be true that this is the word of God. I'm talking about faith. And not picking and choosing what we believe or don't believe in this book. We kind of, in culture today, we kind of have that going on. Well, how can that be relevant now because it was written so long ago by so many different people and, and this and that. And well, it, well that, that was for that time frame and not this time. And, and therefore, we have so many people telling us that the Bible is not real, that Jesus was just a good man and not the Son of God, that in him is not salvation. When we all die, if you're a good person, you go to heaven. All this stuff, that's so not what the Word says. And so there's such a battleground, and if we don't know who Jesus is, if we don't have that personal relationship, we can get sucked into believing the lies. And when the lies come, what happens is faith is removed and it begins to be filled with doubt. And doubt is the having this sense in us that's calling into question something that is true. It's to be uncertain about. Well, I really don't know if, if God can, you know, heal my marriage. I really don't know if, if God can open this opportunity in this new workplace. And, I don't know if he's that big and I don't know if he's that strong enough. I don't know if he, if he can. See, doubt 
calls into question truth. It, it brings an uncertainty to us. It, it brings a lack of confidence. And, and all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're considering things they are going to not happen instead of they're going to happen. They're unlikely not going to happen. So, I, you know, I, I'm going to come for prayer, but I really don't think God's going to do something when I come for prayer. That's yeah, I'll just go anyways because I'm, I'm being dragged by my friend. We can't allow that mindset as believers to rule and reign within us. We have to have faith. That when an altar call is given, that when I step out by faith, God is going to do what the altar call was called for. <laughs> that, that when I step out, when I'm praying and believing for, 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 for my child to come to know to Jesus, that, that in, in, in a time frame, you know, whatever it may be, that, that my son or my daughter will come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. That, that see, that, that I'm praying and believing for promotion. And though it may not look like I get it in the natural, but I know who God is and I know the promise he gave me. So by faith, I'm standing on that promise he gave me. So I'm praying it, into, I'm praying it and I'm believing that's going to happen. Not doubting. I'm not letting the words of others bring doubt to me. That happens. I'm going to say what I shared this morning because I feel I need it in this service too. It's not even part of the notes. Is that this? Some of us have too many doubters speaking into our lives. We have too many people who do not believe the scriptures. We have too many people that are anti-God speaking into our lives. And they're questioning us why we believe what we believe, what we stand for and why we stand for. And they try to tell us it's not true and this is not true. And what's happening is that doubt is becoming stronger than the faith that was within us. And so what's happening is we're having a hostile takeover of doubt taking over our faith. And, and I have to say this, there comes a time when we have to clean up the circle of influence that we roll in, that we hang out in, that we live in. We have to begin to remove the doubters, those who are speaking those things into our spirit, man. Because words do carry weight. You do know that, right? Because we should be speaking words of affirmation, words of encouragement, words to lift each other up, not tear each other down. And just the same with faith. We should be speaking words of faith and belief and, and those things, not doubt. I, God's not going to move that way. How can he move that way? It's 2022. And so we have to really, I know this is hard, this is difficult. We have to take a survey of those who are speaking in our arenas. And if the doubt is outweighing the faith, we may have to spend less time with the doubters and more time with the wolves who have faith. Amen. Amen? Now listen, we still have to spend time with the doubters, but just not as much. Because the doubters need Jesus so that that doubt turns to faith. That that uncertainty turns to certainty. That, 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 that lack of confidence turns to an assurance that, yes, it will happen. Yes, let it be. Two blind men, you can heal me, Lord. His hometown people, who is he? I know who he is. Come on. And so I want to encourage you. That you got faith within you. You got a measure of faith, the Bible says. I want to stir that faith up in you this morning. You may have walked in feeling like your faith was this big. On a scale of 110, you walked in with faith being a one. Some of you walked in with faith giants. You're like, I'll believe for anything because I know who my God is. But some of us aren't there, and that's okay. Do you know that the disciples even 
at times had faith crises. Let's, think, let's look at this one. We all know Thomas. Well, maybe you don't know Thomas. Thomas was part of Jesus' circle. And Jesus reappears after the crucifixion. And Thomas is like, you're not Jesus. You're not Jesus. And here's what John chapter 20, I believe it is, uh, says in the scriptures. I, I, want you, I want you to see this. John chapter 20, verse 27. He said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer, but believe. He was having a crisis. He was having a, a moment of his faith was not as strong as it could have been or even should have been being with Jesus as long as he was. But I love Jesus. He's reassuring. He's not beating Thomas up. He's not saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe he didn't believe in me. What's wrong with you? I'm, you need to be in timeout for two days. He didn't say that. He said, put your fingers here and here and look. And moving forward, don't be faithless, but believe. The disciples in Luke, they said, Lord, help us to increase our faith. We have times where we're going to have those moments where we're overwhelmed, where we're human. And we may struggle at times because we're believing for something big or even something small, but it's not happening. And so we begin, the, the doubt begins to creep in by like these questions. God, do you hear me? God, do you even love me anymore? And then they kind of grow and grow and grow. But see, today is not about doubt. Today is about faith. Today is about having doubt replaced with your faith. Today is about growing your faith. Today is about saying, I choose to live by faith and not by sight. I choose not to allow doubt to rule and reign. I choose to not allow fear to consume me wherever I may be because I believe in what God can do and who Jesus is. And so if you're struggling today, you're at the right place. If you are a faith giant, you're at the right place. Because if you're a faith giant, I need you praying right now during the service for the rest of those who may be struggling. That when we have an altar call, like we do every single Sunday morning, that those who would be moved to come to receive an exchange. We want an exchange today. We want the exchange of strong faith to come in and doubt and fear to be removed. We want an exchange this morning. So my faith warriors, my faith giants, I need you to be praying for that exchange to begin to take place. And so I love it because, you know, when our faith is increased, what happens is it begins to open the doors of possibility and God happenings in our lives. See, because our, what happens is our faith, our, our confidence, our trust, our belief in who God is, it reaches into the unseen realm of where God is. Get a hold of this. It reaches into the heavenlies. It reaches into the throne room. It reaches into the presence of God Almighty. And then our faith not only reaches there, but it begins to activate and it begins to move. And then all of a sudden, it begins to bring the, evi the, vi the, the visible evidence of what we're believing for into the seen world. Y'all with me? It's what it does. It reaches into the unseen realm of where God is. 
where the Spirit of God is, the throne room, in his presence. And because we have this belief, this trust, and this confidence, as it's in there, it begins to, to move the Father. And then the Father begins to release from the unseen into the seen world. And things begin to happen. Faith saves. An example is this. I'm praying now for so-and-so to come to know Jesus. And so as I'm praying, my faith is reaching to the unseen realm of where God is as I'm laying before the Lord this person's name or these people. And then all of a sudden, the spirit begins to move and these people are placed in certain circumstances and situations or you work with this person and all of a sudden they begin to ask you, why are you different? What's about you? Tell me more about your church. And then before you know it, as we're praying and we're calling into the unseen realm of where God is with our faith, believing that this person or that person all of a sudden begins to be released and then all of a sudden one day they kneel before the cross and they say, Lord, I believe you are Lord and Savior. It was the faith that began to open doors in other people's eyes as well as our own lives. Faith saves. Faith opens doors. Faith heals. Faith cleanses. Faith is active. It's not passive. What's our level this morning? What's our level this morning? What's our level? What's your level? What's my level? And so when speaking of faith, we must understand that the power of faith is moved by a person on a person's behalf, but also by other people on other people's behalf. If you are a grandparent, raise your hand in this room this morning. Keep praying for your grandchildren. Especially those who when you bring up Jesus, they're like, Keep praying. Keep living Jesus out in front of them. Don't ever stop. Encourage them. Encourage them. Parents, keep praying for your children. If you work someplace, keep praying and believing for your coworkers. If you live in a community or a neighborhood, keep praying for your neighbors, especially the ones you know that need Jesus. Some of them already go to church and they're getting life already. You keep praying for them, but those who need Jesus, do a couple drive-by, prayer drive-bys. And slow it down like you're creeping. Jesus, you know what you need to do in that household. Slow it down. It's okay. When you're walking your dog, this is what I do. When I walk my dog, I pray a lot. I pray for people that I know that are, or I don't know if they know God, know Jesus or not. I pray for the houses that I walk by. I pray for the kids riding their bike. Because faith activates God. It does something. We all need to live and move and breathe and release our faith. And not only for ourselves, but also for other people. And so how do we release our faith. Because if it's in me, I, how, do I, how do I have it come out of me? Right? right. How, how, does, how does faith come out? How does it become active? How does it begin to move? I think we, we must understand that releasing faith is going to move through us, in us, and out of us by the first thing of simply confession. 
Confession is the oral or verbal outward acknowledgement. It's a disclosure or a declaration of what you believe. That's confession. Some mornings I wake up and, uh, well, did I tell you I, I played pickleball with my daughter's boyfriend? My daughter's boyfriend is 22. He's a D1 athlete. Body fat, 0.001, maybe. And so my wife and daughter were doing the cancer walk, the 60-mile walk last week, and he, and he calls me, and he's like, hey, Mr. Smarts, since they're gone, do you want to have coffee or do you want to play some pickleball? And I'm like, yeah, forget the coffee, brother. Let's play some pickleball. My mind says I'm 18. After the fourth game, it says, you are not 18, my friend. I did win a game, and I did have him. I almost won the whole set. I had him, but I just got gassed, and I ran out of steam. And he was nervous, and he told me that. He goes, Mr. Smarge, I thought I was going to lose. And I knew if I lost the, the set, the best out of three, he goes, it would have been not good coming over. I'm like, oh, no, it wouldn't have, son. Because every time you walked in the door, hmm, the guy who's 30 years older than you, uh, a little overweight, whipped you on the pickleball court. Right? Well, so we're playing pickleball. I don't know if you ever played pickleball. It's a great game. I love it. The problem is, the next day, I had some confession going on with Jesus. Lord, in the name of Jesus... I believe that this body will not ache the way it aches. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, and I confess that healing comes to these knees and to this lower back and to this arm that I was trying to hit the ball so hard that I kind of like tweaked it a little bit. It's confession. Lord, I believe that my marriage will be made whole. Lord, I believe that my finances will be made right. Lord, I believe that that job opportunity will come to pass. God, I believe that the church of Jesus Christ will continue to grow. I believe that, that, that the Spirit will outpour in church services. I believe by faith the altars will be filled each week with salvation and healing and wholeness and restoration and renewal. I believe that our teachers will continue to instill the, the moral principles of the gospel of Jesus in our Sunday school classrooms. I believe that those who claim to be believers will live their faith out loud and not hidden under the bushel and their light will shine before all men, especially in the darkness. I believe by faith. This is confession. This is how we must pray. This is what we must stay. It has to come out of us. It's a confession. I'm believing for this. I believe that that 116, when it starts September 14th at 6.30, will begin to, to turn a generation of young people to love Jesus uncompromised. I believe that. I'm praying for that. It's my confession. This is how I begin to release my faith. Jay Aris, his daughter was sick, and he comes to Jesus. He's like, Jesus, my daughter is lying in the bed almost to the point of death. I need you to come and pray because I know if you come, she'll be made well. I need you, Jesus. I believe that you can heal her. It was a confession. 
This is how we release our faith. We release our faith at times, and I know this sounds a little different, but we, we, we release our faith in times of despair and distress. That sounds odd, doesn't it? But the greatest one, and I've used it before, is the woman with the issue of blood. She had nowhere else to go. She tried everything. We've all been there. We've tried it all. We've tried every avenue, and we've hit a, 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 a dead end. And we've come to the point where we're at the end of the rope. She was at the end of the rope. This woman had a physical issue going on in her body that needed to be healed because basically the doctor says, you're going to die soon. You spent all your money, you have nothing left. But she had something left. It was called a measure of faith. It was called a belief in this man that she heard about. His name was Jesus. And so she made a determination in her situation, in her circumstance, just get to Jesus. I just have to get to him because if I get to him, I know he can heal what's going on on the inside. And so in her distress, in her desperation, in her despair, she actually crawls on her hands and knees to Jesus with a measure of faith, touches his garment, virtue is released from Jesus, and this woman is made whole because of her faith in Jesus. There's a confession. At times, there will be a desperation. We've all been there. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Acknowledge it. Realize how we don't want to get back there in that moment and keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. We release faith in our obedience to what Jesus or the Lord is asking of us. We release faith by obedience. Jesus has a conversation with a crippled man at the pool. And he's like, I can't get healed today because no one put me in the water. If I get in the water, I'll be healed. No. And Jesus looks at him and he says, Pick up your mat and walk. He gave him a command. He gave him a directive. By faith, he picked his mat up and he walked. You know the story of the ten lepers? See, the story of the ten lepers is kind of the same. See, they're full of this nasty disease. Their skin is falling off. They have to wear certain clothing, live in a certain community. They're, they're, they're destined to die from this disease. And they yell out, Jesus, heal us. And Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. How angry do you think some of them got or could have got? They're, they're, they're in need. And they know this man can meet their need. And they go to this man and ask him to meet their need. And he tells them, go show yourself over there. Uh, you ever been there? Lord, whatever it is. And the Lord says, go do this. You're like, I don't think you heard me, Lord. I don't think you heard what I was asking. It was the 42nd thing on my prayer list. Lord, I, whatever it is, and he's like, yeah, I, I know, but I need you to, to do this. Well, he told them to go show themselves to the priest, and as they went by obedience, believing that Jesus could heal them, as they went, they were healed. Sometimes God's going to ask us to do some things. 
and in our obedience to him, things are going to happen great in our lives. See, sometimes the Lord's going to ask you to walk up to a stranger because the Lord's going to give you a word to share with that stranger or even just say, you need to pray with that person right now in the store. Really? Yeah. Really. In the line. Mm-hmm. In between the candy and the inquirer. Uh-huh. <laughs> but there's a worker right there and there's someone behind us. Mm-hmm. I need you to, to pr- this woman is desperate, this man is desperate, this child is desperate. There's something going on in their family life. And, and you're going to be the vessel in which I'm going to move in their lives and out of your obedience and your faith in me, I'm going to move in your life. He may ask things, but it's out of obedience and our faith in him. There's a release. See, it was in both these examples that obeying Jesus, a release of his faith into their lives and who he was according to the God's son and his divinity, his authenticity, and his authority brought healing to those situations. And so it's important to realize that, that we have to be releasers of our faith through our confession, through our obedience. We release our faith through in anticipation and expectation. I pray all of you came in this morning with an anticipation, a belief that God was going to do something. I know I did. I know yesterday I was praying for it. All week I've been praying for this message for you today with an anticipation that those who struggle with faith would struggle no more. Those who, if you had to measure your faith on a scale of 1 to 10 and you're in the lower portion of the 1 to 10, that it would be in the upper portion of the 1 to 10. I have an expectation that when we surrender to God, that God will move in a supernatural dimension, that he will meet every need accordingly to his riches and glory, even letting us know what we think should be happening, and he's like, no, that shouldn't be happening, that we understand that he knows better for us than we know for ourselves. But our faith is moved through our expectation, our anticipation of what's going to happen. You know, when you read throughout the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when people heard that Jesus was coming to town, do you know what they did? They gathered all their sick, all those who had a need, and they took them to where Jesus was. They'd sat him on the ground. They sat him in the thing because they had anticipation in what God can do because they believed who he was. It even got better with Peter in the book of Acts. There was an anticipation that Peter didn't even need to pray with you. All that needed to happen was the shadow cast upon you. And just Peter's shadow, because he was a man of God, that the shadow of Peter, because of who he was and what God was doing, would touch you where you're at. There was an anticipation. Our faith must have an anticipation and expectation. It's important. It's how we release it. It's how it begins to move. It's looking forward as something's going to become certain. And so I'm releasing faith. I'm releasing it through confession. I'm releasing it at times when we're at the absolute bottom through that distress of getting to the cross, getting into his presence. I'm releasing it through my obedience. I'm releasing it through my anticipation. And then sometimes this is, this is, this, this is 
If you are 50 and older, you'll understand this one better than some of the younger believers in the room. There's, it's not to degrade anybody when I say that. It's just that it was a little bit different back in the 70s and 80s because there was more talk about points of contact. That's where you, you, you believe. We, uh, let me give you an example. So the Lord gives us a word that there's going to be a healing, that he wants to heal some people today. He wants to touch some people's lives. And, and there's a word of knowledge given. There's a, a prophetic word given, and it's confirmed. And it's about knees. Let's just say knees. Let's use knees as an example, okay? And so what would happen sometimes is you would hear the preacher, the pastor, whoever's teaching, whether it was live or on TV, would say, hey, listen, share what God was going to do, what God was, he was sensing or she was sensing God was going to do. And he would say, as a point of contact and belief with your faith, touch that area. So if it was my knee, I would touch my knee. If it was my back, I would touch my back. If, 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 my, if, my, if it was about your mind and your thought life, you would touch your mind. It was just a point of contact. There was nothing in you touching it. There was nothing in my hand that was doing it. But it was by faith that when I touched it, that God would move as the point of contact, touching that area by faith. I'm releasing with an expectation, and I'm confessing, and I'm obeying through obedience by putting my hand where. Do you see how they all work together? So I'm confessing in Jesus' name that I believe as I touch my knee, I have this expectation, God, through my obedience by touching it. As weird as it may sound to some people, I touch it, and because of that, by faith, there's a release, and God does something. Amen? how it works. And to the world, some of that seems weird. But I shake my head. I'm like, weird? Really? Out there, that seems weird? I got a lot of other things that seem really weird I see in the world other than if the Lord wants to do something, he's like, touch your knee and pray over it. That doesn't seem weird to me. <laughs> right? I don't know. Maybe I'm just old-fashioned. I don't know. But this is how we not only build our faith, but this is how our faith is released. This is how our confidence in who God is, our trust and belief in who Jesus is and what he can do. It's, it, it's, released, through, it's released through confession. It's released through obedience. It's released through anticipation and expectation. It's released through points of contact. It's released. That's why it's important to realize our faith makes a difference. Your faith makes a difference. Your faith makes a difference. Some of you are getting it. Some of you are not getting it yet. I wrote these in worship. This has to be our confession. I will and can live by faith and not by sight. I can and will realize that my faith is placed in Jesus. Who he is, what he stands for, his standards, Everything about you, it's placed and released in him. I will not be controlled by doubt. I will not let doubt take a foothold in my mind. Because it comes into our mind. When it comes from our mind, it gets settled into the heart. When it gets settled into the heart, it becomes a truth. And all of a sudden, we begin to live that truth out. Even though it's not a truth, we believe it to be a truth. So I, I, I will not allow doubt to settle in. And I will choose to live with my faith over the fear of what I see in the natural. 
I can live by faith. I can release my faith. I will not be controlled by doubt. And I will choose faith over fear. Your faith makes a difference. Not only in your life, but in the lives of your family, in the lives of the church members in our church family, our communities, the nation, and in the world. By faith, things change. And I needed to share that with you today because it's just another thing to draw us closer to God because the whole year has been about coming closer with our relationship with Jesus. And this is part of it, is having faith in who he was. And sometimes we pray and pray and pray and things aren't happening yet. I don't know why some things get answered quicker than others. I don't have that answer. I don't know why God chooses his time frame, but he chooses his time frame. But I would encourage you, don't give up. Don't stop believing. Well, that's a, that's a song right there. Right? I won't sing it for you because I'll just, it won't be good. Don't stop believing. Not, not the journey song, but don't stop believing with your faith in Jesus and what he can do. Christian, you can come up because I want to pray today with some people. And so, remember, people of faith, people of faith have a complete trust, have a complete belief and confidence in God, who he is and what he can do. People of doubt will always question truth, will always have an uncertainty when it comes to the things of God. People of doubt will live with a lack of confidence, with this belief that it's unlikely not going to happen. It might happen to them, but it's probably not going to happen to me. I was a bad kid growing up, and so why would God love me now? Well, that's, that's a lie. God loves you now. Can I, can I tell you a secret? We were all bad people at one time. We were all bad people. We all made mistakes. We all made poor choices and decisions. And God still loves us. And we have to let go of the belief that we're too bad for God to love us. And so we live by faith and not by doubt. And so remember that it's important to realize that as we begin to live by faith and release our faith through the confession and through the anticipation and, and through the points of contact and, and through the obedience and at times through the, the stress of getting to the foot of the cross, we are reaching into the unseen realm of the heavenlies where the Father is. And we're laying it before him and then he's beginning to release it from the heavenlies into the earthly into our lives, into our family's lives. But faith is a key component to being a believer of Jesus Christ. And so I asked you the question when we came in this morning, what is your faith level at? Only you know. Only you know. But I would love to pray for anyone no matter what level of faith you have, what measure you feel you have within you, I would love to pray for you today that that measure that you believe ha that you have within you would grow, would become stronger, would not waver in circumstances and situations. Would, you would know that you know, that you know, that you know. And let's just stand. And if that's you, would you meet me at the altar so I could pray for you? If you, if you want me to pray for your faith and where you're at, 
I'll meet you down there. Even stepping out today can be tough. Could be an act of faith, even a step out of the pew. Well, I went down last week. Who cares? Doesn't matter if you came down last week. Well, I've come down the last five weeks. Awesome. I'm so excited that you're letting God do something. Just as a secret that I don't want a lot of people to know, whether live or watching right now. I come to the altar every day. <laughs> on my good days and on my bad days. I come to the altar every day. It's okay. It's okay. Because Jesus has the answer for you. And for you. And for you, John. And for you, Kristen. And for you, Rick. He's got the answer. So let's just... Let's just close our eyes and let's just raise our hands for a second. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, your sons and daughters walked out from their places of comfort. They walked out from their chairs from where they were sitting and they openly walked down to the foot of the cross. They didn't walk down to man. They didn't walk down to anything but you, Jesus. God, I'm believing that today as you have been preparing all week for this moment, that, God, you would be even faithful in what you said. That, God, you would begin to supernaturally touch their lives. That, Father, you would begin to remove doubt in those areas where doubt has settled in and taken residency. That you'd begin to remove the fear and the worry and the concern that has taken the place of faith. And that, Father, today in Jesus' name, these lives would be changed forever. That, God, faith would be built up it would become stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger to the point where no matter what we see in the physical, no matter what we hear in the physical, it will not shake what we believe you to say, what we believe you to be doing. So in Jesus' name, I pray, I pray and I declare an outpouring of your Holy Spirit this morning upon your sons and daughters. And God, that you would pour into them the, the, the strength of their faith, of, of who you are in their lives, it will begin to grow now in Jesus' name. The measures are expanding within us. The measures are expanding within us. That, Father, we understand the importance of confession with our faith. That we understand the importance of anticipation and expectation with our faith. That, God, there will be points and times where we will be asked to do things, even though we may not understand, but by faith, we will be obedient to do all that you ask us to do. And, God, that there will be times when you even have us uh, touch and, and, and claim and, and name things and use points of contact. By faith, it shall come to pass. And, Lord, let us never forget as the woman with the issue of blood, when everything seems to be overwhelming, in you is relief. And we may have to come in those times of distress. But God, we know it's in, in control in your hands. And so, Father, I thank you for all that you are doing right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus, Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. I want to challenge you this morning. When you leave here today, I want you to start believing bigger than what you believe now. I want you to step out with that belief. I want you to, some of you have been waiting or for something, and you know God's asking, and you got to step out. You got to step out. Step out in those areas. Remove the negativity. Remove the, 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 the words of doubt that people are sowing into you. Don't allow them to come in. Surround yourself with people that are like-minded when it comes to Jesus and the Scripture. Speak into each other's life. Iron sharpens iron, the Bible says. And so you want to do that, okay? All right, why don't we give the Lord a hand clap for all that he's done and going to do today. And so... I just, I just have two announcements or three announcements. Uh, just so you know, next week or next week or the week after, the, the week of the 13th and 14th, summer's over. I'm kind of bummed about it. Yeah, I just love the summertime, and, and now we know where we're going. So I'm all confused on dates. <laughs> but the week of the 13th and 14th, whatever that is, We'll be releasing between that week and the following week after that, we'll be releasing all the new small groups that will be coming, uh, offered, whether they're in the church or in homes. And so I want to encourage you to get connected uh, in a small group if you can. And then also uh, our youth ministry is starting uh, September 14th. So I need your help. I need your help. First, what I need from you is your prayer. I need you to pray for us. I need you to pray for those involved. I need you to pray for the students. I need you to pray for the parents of the students. So we're going to start once a month. We're going to just really instill and pour into these young people the love of God. We're going to have a meal with them. We're going to build community. After the meal, we're going to disciple. We're not, I'm going to, parents, it's, there's no smoke and lights and, 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 and haze machines and we want to disciple. We want to raise a generation of young people that are strong in the word. It'll be, it'll, be, it'll be relevant to them. It'll be different than this right here. Definitely different than this right here. Praise Jesus. It's going to be different than this right here. It's okay to say that. But it's going to be for them. And then after that, we're going to have a whole lot of fun. We're going to have a great time. It's going to be like pickleball Saturday. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. And so I need your prayer and I need your help. If you have a student or a, grad or a grandchild that's that age, encourage them to come. If they can't get rides, offer to drive them, pick them, you know, offer to drive them there and then pick them back up. Offer to bring friends. Now, I also am a firm believer of getting involved in school, school starting. So parents, if you have a, ch a teenager, encourage them to get involved in activities at school. Join a club. Try out a sport. Get involved in the music department. And to find something they enjoy doing. See, there'll be salt in those areas. You know that, right? And so, so I understand there might be conflicts. If there's conflicts, it's okay. Because there's always the next week or the next time we meet. It's important that we're raising these kids up the way God wants us to. And I want to help you. I want to be a part of, of that, you know, in the beginning. And so that's going to start then. And then after, in October, November, December, it's going to be the first Wednesday, and prayerfully we'll be adding more weeks per month. Second thing, or last thing is this. I need you to mark your calendars. For September the 
25th and 26th. Pastor Maurice Russell, who was my college roommate, who's a pastor in Virginia, he's coming into town and he's going to be sharing the weekend with us. I promise you it will be anointed. I promise you it will be powerful. Um, it's going to be amazing, actually. Um, one of my best friends to this day. I met him when he was a freshman in college. I was a transfer student doing my third tour of duty at a third university. And he shows up in pajamas, and I'm just shaking my head, and we're like this. We text and talk throughout the week. We pray for one another. But more importantly, he is such a man of God, and God uses him. And he's coming here for the weekend, and he's excited. We were talking yesterday. He can't wait to get here. He can't wait to get here and just share what God's doing and what God wants to do here. And so please, if you can make it out to those services, mark your calendar so you can be a part of that. Um, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. As a matter of fact, if it wasn't for Pastor Maurice, he had an integral part of me even still uh, doing what God called me to do because there was times that I just, I didn't think I was going to make it. And he encouraged me. He unpacked my bags as I was packing them to go home early. He's like, here, stop it. Quit being a baby. Grow up. I'm like, dude, you're like four years younger than me. Stop it. And I can take you. That's what I would say. I can take you. I know I can. And he's like, no, you got to call. And, and so it was, it's just, he's just, it's going to be dynamic. And, and I hope that you could be here. And so just mark your calendar. So let's take our offering and dismiss you guys. And if you need more prayer, myself, and we'll be here to pray with you. So Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, that you challenged us to live by faith. You challenge us to, to really step out. You gave us an understanding of the importance of it today and how it reaches into the unseen where you are and it becomes visible as we walk by it and live it out. And Father, I pray now as we conclude our service by the receiving of our tithes and offerings, Lord, we come humbly before you. We come as an act of worship to recognize who you are as the provider of our lives. God bless and multiply this offering. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you. Have a great week. I'll be here if you need prayer. Pastor Scott will be here. But thank you for being here. We'll see you next Sunday.